0: November 27, 2020, it's a lot for Pedro's show.
1: Blasted glass bowl. Uh-huh. cotton Back into your overalls Back to work At the loop A laugh for me On leaving And always leaving Too soon I wish I could Your untold story unfolds, but your warm smile still warms the room. Patrick, young, Patrick, old, Patrick, picture on my wall.
0: Watt from Pedro Show, happy Friday, last Friday of November, almost on the December, and we're less than a month from Watt turning 63, or beginning my 63rd lap around the sun. Uh, We started with uh, Like Sonny, also known as Simple Like, John Coltrane, and then uh, Always the Joker from Neil Turpin. My guess, yes, people, even though Brother Matt's at the Love Grotto a couple miles south from the Pleasure Point, because we're still in quarantino mode, which is important, we're going to kick this fucker in the ass. Don't take it so lightly, people. (laughs) Anyway, get off my soapbox and welcome aboard Neil Turpin. You're you're calling me from, or speaking to me, because those righteous uh, software engineers and Estonia with their scabbed invention, all the way from Leeds, right?
2: Well, I'm 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 I used to live in Leeds and and that's where we met, but I'm currently I'm currently at my girlfriend's house. So um, I'm talking to you all the way from Derby.
0: Derby, which is spelled Derby. <laughs>
2: I've that's learned the one. this.
0: I've learned this. <laughs> and also a great lady on electronics. We're gonna play some music from her, Delia. Derbyshire, Darby yeah, yeah. Derbyshire, Dar- Dar- well. not Derbyshire.
3: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. I think uh, it was uh, Bertrand Russell, uh, a common people. No, two people divided by a common language. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think he hit the nail on the head.
0: <laughs> but anyway, okay. So, and this gets back to something my pop said. You know that word was not spelled by accident, boy. When you assume, you make an ass out of you. And me, and that's what I did by just because I played with you five years ago at a cuz gig, uh, cuz bilge pump gig, uh, at uh, Nathan and his ma's pad in the uh, Leeds of the Broodnill Social. Uh, great pad to play, F- fucking bitchin' pad. Uh, not, not people, uh, listeners, I want to tell you, it ain't some mersh. I think in the old days it was a working man club, it's in a neighborhood. And just and yeah. just the thing is set up great, too. All the sight lines, everybody gets a good view, good sound. People uh, working there are bitching. And, and uh, yeah, I, I got gonna, um, a chance that's to That's
2: everybody kind of likes it, is that it doesn't really conform to your typical gig setup. Right. It's, and you're right, it was a working men's club. And I right. think just because it's still got that kind of old-fashioned feel to it, that it's, it's a, you know, it was like a breath of fresh air when it started putting on live music.
0: Yeah, one of the rooms got the regulars, the older guys. Yeah, and uh, I played a few of those in England. Uh, one up in uh, Hebron, Salisbury Bridge, Hebron Bridge. Oh, Hebron. They were telling the bridge, me, yeah. Yeah, like that, we're, we're talking two bridges right on each end of a valley, people. This is uh, yeah. from the old days of uh, textile mills were on this river and stuff. And uh, things changed and, you know, like they do. But they could tell each other which bridge it is by the accents. And it's only like a couple miles. It's amazing, man. Touring is such a fucking educational thing for me. So I'm missing that more than, uh, maybe the, whatever, riding in the fucking, uh, cylinder, breathing people's farts. I just lo- love going to different pads and, and learning about why it's there. And so I want to learn about your journey through music. What's your earliest musical recollection, please, Neil.
2: Um, I think it's it's at my grandparents' house. They had um, a gramophone, like the big sort of sideboard piece of furniture with built-in speakers and a turntable. And um, my granddad, my granddad would play like sort of Irish flute music, James Galway. But the 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 thing that I really remember reacting to was this sort of comedy song called Lily the Pink by by a Liverpool band called uh, The Scaffold, and it's just a daft, it's just a daft comedy song. But it, it just kind of, I don't know, I was really young, sort of five or six years old, and you know, really got into it, and I was singing, singing along to it. So I think I probably remember like my grandparents or my mum's reaction to me getting into it as much as I do hearing the tune. But that was that was the one that stuck with me, and I. Um, <laughs> I knew I knew you were going to ask me this question, so um, I I googled the song and um, and it's surprising because
0: uh, Ian McKay would say you used a search engine, <laughs> right? No beer oh, commercials, yeah. no beer commercials. <laughs> like yeah, when okay, I take okay. pictures, okay. I never show, let let them yeah. show the beer bottle, the whiskey bottle, or something.
2: So if if if, we're, if it was the BBC, I would have to say other oh, search engines are available. So. <laughs>
0: Well I got correct we'll go I, I got correct. Well I heard a story about Ian McKay correct. He's a great cat. In the what what where what, what town was this in did you grow up in, Neil?
2: Uh well I grew up in Preston.
0: And what, what what big town is that by?
2: Um Preston is, is quite close to sort of Manchester. Oh,
0: ah, okay. Okay. Which is it's north of north, Liverpool and yeah. Okay. Yeah,
2: north it's northwest England um, and ah! Lancaster. Lancashire,
0: Uh, you know, yeah, the 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 big Lancashire town is Lincoln, right? And and then to get one time I had to play uh, Mr. Mark Riley's show, and then in Sheffield, so I went through the the big forest. It's called the Serpentine, the road that goes through this forest. Okay, Uh, you're probably aware of that. But in the pad there in Preston, was there musical instruments?
2: Um, No, um, not at all. It was really. It, it there were not, none of my family play music um so it was just really the influence of what I was listening to and my friends at school who who started learning to play guitar
0: well what about what about like the school stuff like marching band or the choir Were you and shit like that
2: a bit later yeah i I'd already got into playing the drums, um but when I went to secondary school uh when I was eleven um I joined. I joined the school brass band on drums. Okay. So,
0: okay. so yeah, I, let's, did, let's I did, let's go back a little bit. What, what about the first record you bought with your own money?
2: Um, it's going to be, it's going to be Adam and the ants.
0: Ah, man, we had somebody on the show a couple of weeks ago. They said the same thing.
2: Yeah. Um, okay. I can't remember exactly which album, but I do, I do remember buying Dirk Ware's white socks on tape. Um, when I was really young, that was like, perhaps my sort of, Ninth, eight, ninth birthday or something like that. So that's that's a contender for the first for the first one that I remember.
0: And what about the first gig you went and saw?
2: That one was Motorhead. Um, that was it. That was in 1984. So I would have been ten years old. All right, uh,
0: that's a good band. Good bass player. Yeah. <laughs> good, good drummer. Good, good, good guitar. You know, Fast Eddie and Filthy and
2: uh, Yeah. I don't it fil- think it was the classic lineup, but I mean, I, I was I didn't care about things like that then. I was just, <laughs>
0: they already made the tunes uh, and the other guys were covered you know free, uh you said you fun. went and joined the drums to be in the brass band what led you to drums
2: um it's i think it was just a really sort of practical decision a couple of my friends at school were playing guitar and um i just thought okay well if i play the drums that means we can have a band so it was it was like a, a really kind of functional okay I'll I'll just I'll just learn this instrument and then we then we can have what we you know what I thought would be a band so it really was something just like that you know and in my 10-year-old head that that was perfectly normal and or uh,
0: pragmatic we don't like that word normal
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah well yeah you know <laughs> In, in, in my, I'm, it's obvious. It's obviously a totally weird thing, but uh, in my head, it seems completely no, yeah, it makes like, p-
0: perfectly sense. And, and re- actually, the heart of rhythm music is the drums. Anyway, you were way ahead of everybody. Anyway, uh, what about now? You you went to school, so you're playing the school shit. But what about you getting your own trap kit? That was um. When I when I expressed
2: like an interest in learning the drums, like to my mum, um, she. She, she said, well, OK, we'll find you a teacher. And she said, if you're still interested after three months of lessons, then we'll think about getting you a drum kit. So I, I had, uh, you know, I went for lessons for three months and passed this sort of probationary period. <laughs> and, uh, and and during that time, I'd cobbled together some sort of, you know, I had an old bucket as a bass drum and and I had like a practice pad as a snare drum and my drum teacher had Given me handed down some old broken cymbals, so I had the kind of you know a really really rickety sort of makeshift drum kit to play on. Um, <laughs> so so after the three months, I was still like totally raring to go and into it. And um, you know it was it was like Christmas time. So yeah, my my mum sorted me out with um, a second hand Premier kit.
0: Premier, that's what uh, yeah. Keith Moon's saying on Sellout. Premier drum, Premier yeah, drum. <laughs> and when we when we were boys, me and D Boom thought that he was saying play your drums. Play your drums. <laughs> Look, I'm going to play Crack in the Pavement. One, two, three, four. <laughs>
3: Now nah.
4: Where numerality can't stick singers
5: Start out, I'm a sniper, and it's all infinity pool, turn, chopper, streets, turn, back, sage smears, burn, in the haze of the rents, and the sage, and a lifelong it's face, it's I ain't slightly it's phased it's by a just ways, wave, but we you ain't gonna play, baby, now i be a dumb shit, and I can't you let it hold me bags, Just growing pains, I repense, so I may wait yeah, me they on they the they vertebrae, break. Money making a move Ooh, With my urgency. The what you gonna do What you burnt all the brain Currently in the state of care That your spirit's turned That fits too Ain't nobody can hear you Ain't nobody can feel you Ain't nobody can feel you Ain't nobody can feel you Corporation polluting like big business, it won't be in existence with no consumers in this Or maybe it's survival of the fittest. You selling or you buying, you dying or you living. It. Wicked to be trying, should we caught you stealing. Land and resources demand more from me, suffer us. Nah, I best believe we seek more than forces. Some man can offer us. Wanna share it with the whole world, babe. Every time I close my eyes, I hit silent mind in the darkest light. When a war for peace mean none but the love suffice, patience, be Waiting, time taking traffic and train stations, it's transmission, the transportation, fascination, terrible witness, IT has permission. Someone still won't take the picture. Eagle eye phone, flash, ready, casket fly. Live my life, ready to die in the cross of the music. we stray, but we're lost, follow the right law. They try to rule that the trees, the leaves fall off. What you going do another? Green What you gonna do another? Green gong What you gon' do another? Green, green What you gonna do another? Green gun,
3: आशा
5: आशा आशा नहीं ये आशा
3: शरीर आशा शरीर आशा आशा
5: आशा 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 आशा
3: आशा 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 आशा
1: shine
0: For Pedro's show. Yeah. Neil Paterpin from, from his solo album, people. It's just a great record. And Cracking the Pavement. Uh, no, no, this is newer than the new record. This is newer than new, people. <laughs> then Rain yeah. Song from uh, uh, Sawako for uh, Kosei Kamatsu Studio Exhibition 00. Zero. Well, in Japan, Tokyo, I think. But she's in Nagoya. But you know, magic of internet, right? I've made whole albums with people I've never even fucking met. I love it. Uh, Hell Beans from Brighton with God of Paper, Scissors, Stone. You know about that game, right? Solo demo. So it's about, it's the seed of what to become. Boma's Prattin for a long time. The Splendor, which we're in right now. Except you can't tell in SoCal because <laughs> we ain't got those kind of trees. Thirty-eight angry tires. Johnny Marks and the Ricks with the late great Frank Yankway from Suburban Lawns. Jiggly Puff must be inside, band semantic right there. And Nappy Nap, Nappy Napa, sorry brother, he's got bitchin' new album people. He's one half of the Mobile uh, Model Home, not Mobile Green on all sides. I O M Post D C, that's brand new. Dose with Side Mouse advice. Kill Rockstars putting out a vinyl version. Oost to trace soon, and then finally. This is from the new album, Barely a Notion, Neil Turpin. Okay, so you're talking about, yeah, you want to get a drum to play with your buddy. So you do have a, a garage band, basement band, bedroom band, whatever the fuck. A bed sit? <laughs> that word? I remember that in a class song, I heard that word bed sit. But, uh, your first band is with uh, friends from school, right?
2: Yeah, we were jamming in my bedroom on my, you know, little makeshift drum kit. And and then when I got the real thing, then we just continued, you know. They just bring around their guitars and practice amps. Um, and then when I went to secondary school, I joined the brass band um, with one of my guitarist friends who who um, opted to play the cornet. So we basically struck this deal with the the music teacher who was the leader of the brass band, and he let us he let us use a, a practice room after school hours to sort of do our own thing. Do our little like rock band, um, you know, and that's and beautiful. our part. Our part of the bargain was sort of playing our part in his brass band.
0: Sure, sure, yeah, it was a barter, but that's beautiful that he'd be open minded, not just use a fucking authority trip on you. Uh, I'm I'm curious, like even before this in the bedroom, what what kind, were you co- copying off records or writing your own shit?
2: Yeah, we were we were trying to do. Um, we were all into like metal, so we were we were doing ACDC on Black Sabbath. Okay, uh, you know, to to the best of our ability.
0: Yeah, sure, sure. B and D boom with credence and blue oyster cults. <laughs> but but I've had people on the show that started writing shit right from the get go. That's one of the beautiful things I think of the movement. But uh, okay, so you got this prac room. That means you can play loud and shit.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And does this yeah.
0: band, does this band start making uh, its own material?
2: It does. Yeah. Um, we 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 ended up. We were, we played together for for a few years, just through school, really. So probably for like four or five years, um, and we did. We we ended up we ended up making a demo with. I think there were like four four original songs on it. So we did get around to like yeah writing as as well as just like doing cover versions.
0: What about uh gig? What was the first gig? What, did this band have a name?
2: <laughs> it did, yeah. It was called Infiltrator.
0: Of course, <laughs> I can't believe I can't believe I'm. Well, sharing shit, this. that's four syllables. I mean, hold <laughs> on. So, so it what was, was the first was, Infiltrator gig like, Neil?
2: Well, we, we were a thrash metal band, so we thought the name. You know, it was kind of like there were bands around with similar sounding names. So, what? You know, we just thought, oh yeah, we should, we need to sound like this. But well, it's better than
0: constipator. <laughs>
2: I don't know. That's pretty good. <laughs> the first gig, um, it would have been it would have been at school or or at a local youth club, one of the two, because um, we we did we played gigs in a local in in a few in a handful of youth clubs, and we definitely did one gig at school as well. So,
0: but you can you only know.
2: have the first gig once. That's why I'm interested. Yeah, I mean, if we're if we're getting down to like the absolute first gig, then it. It was in the brass band for me because the brass brass band used to go around in a coach and enter like competitions with other schools, brass bands.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's over here. Like Billy Cobham comes out of that drum corps stuff in uh, New York City where they do paradiddles to hold hold up a quarter on the bulkhead. They go down to dimes. (laughs) You know, paradiddle, right? You got to keep hitting it so the thing don't fall down. Wow. Yeah. A little bit of competition, right?
2: Yeah, well, the, I, I can't say that there was anything that technical going down in, in my brass bands. But, you know, it was it was like my first experience of, of sure, just playing sure, sure. with a load of other people and just doing it live and kind of getting thrown into it at a really early age as well. You know, I was probably maybe like 11 or 12 when those brass band gigs were happening.
6: Wow, wow. And it
2: wasn't it w- and then it was more like fourteen fifteen when the the, the little thrash metal band started doing gigs. Yeah, infiltrator.
0: But that's what I asked yeah. about, the first infiltrator gig. What was that like? <laughs> okay, well the
2: the what the one that's the one that is probably the first one was at a youth club. Um in the in the in the little town where my school was, and I got some great photographs of it actually, because you know ev- all the kids from the school came to it basically, and you know everyone's wearing denim jackets and like studded wristbands and like they got metal patches on their on their denim jackets and like the make the makings of long hair. It's just everyone's just beginning to sort of grow their hair like over collar length. <laughs> Were you scared? Uh, <laughs> um I don't know. I don't remember being scared, actually. I I don't know. I just remember. Oh, no,
0: I asked that because I always am shitting a fucking pee analog. Did it go over good?
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's it's such a weird thing to try and remember like those 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 parts of it. Um, I you know we got a great response. Like the kids kids were like crushed right up to the front of the stage, right. like it was you know Metallica gig or something. Yeah. So. <laughs>
0: Well if you're in gonna our, if you're gonna cover heads. a song
2: nowadays it was like, yeah, we're doing this now.
0: Yeah, if you're gonna cover a song, why not cover a gig? <laughs> the whole yeah. thing, you know, with the crowd and everything. Now that's bitching. Now look, the first time I heard you, I have to say, it's from a record called Solanke. So how long oh. down the road is
2: Solanke? Um we did Solanke we did that record in nineteen ninety seven and we started a couple of years before that, so you know? It's a big talking, period.
0: It's a big period. Okay.
2: Yeah, like that band, yeah, we're talking 25 years ago. And also, you know, good, yeah, like s- a good six years after the, the thrash metal thing at school.
0: Because Solonky is nothing like thrash metal. In fact, in some ways, it's a weird, I don't know, uh, approach, kind of Minuteman. I mean, and in a way, it seemed like the record was a little bit of the tribute to Buzz or Howl.
2: Very much so, yeah. I mean, that was, that was like... Me and Seth, the bass player, were just huge Minutemen fans. And we were both playing in different bands at the time that, that were more based around, you know, they, they, they had long, longer songs, time, time signatures, quite technical, and a lot of time needed practicing to perform them live. Um, so we wanted, to, we wanted to just do something that was just really direct and to the point and that we could, you know, just, just kind of like thrash out with tons of energy. And we both loved the Minutemen, so we we just wanted to do, you know, a Minutemen band. <laughs> Simple as that, really. But, um, we, but got, it's still, we got. But still, it's the- not
0: totally minimalist. It's you guys. It's your voice, your 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 sounds, your playing. But and I didn't know about this until about five years ago. A cat named Penti in Finland turned me onto it, man. And I was like, wow, I wish I would have known these dudes in those days.
2: yeah I I mean well it's it's amazing for me to be talking to you about it you know and to you know to have met you at the Brudenell and now to be talking to you about it because I mean it completes it completes the circle but it, it also blows my mind that you know we were just in this little bubble in this little scene in Leeds you know before the internet or anything before everyone was connected and we, we, you know, and really bands in that scene, a lot of them just came and went, didn't even record or release anything. And, and it was a very self-sufficient and, and like we were just doing it for our own community and for our own satisfaction. And Solanke was definitely one of those bands that we just we threw together and, and just did it totally for our own satisfaction. And, you know, biz- bizarrely, like Sned from Flat Earth Records offered to do a record. Um, so it it got documented, you know, and and I'm really cl- grateful that it did. So so you know it, it was it was like a b- loads of bands similar to Solanke, not musically, but in terms of the 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 mentality of like just putting them together with no real sense of like where it's going to go or or anything or any ambition. It was just doing it, you know, just to do it, just just for the love of doing it. So.
0: Yeah, I understand it, that, but I don't know if you were such in a bubble because how did you know about Buzz, Buzz or Hal? Well, no, I mean we
2: we were the Minutemen were a really important band, you know, for um, for me then and and for like a lot of people in our scene. So I mean, we knew about we knew about we knew about good music, but I mean specifically, I discovered them from um, Santa Cruz skateboard videos. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, you streets, don't know how many
0: dudes have told me that.
2: Yeah, streets of fire. Yeah. So, I, you know, I was I was a skateboarder, and that video introduced me to like so many good bands all in one, all in one like you know big dose. So that was a, that was a total game changer. <laughs> and then and then trick. once once you once you've sort of been introduced to like all this new new stuff, then you just kind of search it out in the record shop and. You know you looked on the labels catalog and see who else is on that label, and really had to put a lot of effort into discovering music, oh yeah yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I know what you mean I know what you mean and 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 how long did Solanke last? It's
2: probably um ninety five to sort of I'd say like I'd say three or four years maybe we played we played the last gig on my twenty seventh birthday, I think, so that that would mean it lasted about six years, but it wasn't active for that whole time. We were yeah. probably active for maybe like two or three years, and you know, kind of hiatus and the occasional gig.
0: Sure, sure. And uh, back back to the making of that record, uh, how was it composed?
2: Um, well, like I said, it it was like we conceptually we just wanted to do a Minutemen band because we love the Minutemen, and. You know, you usually I would never ever do that. I'd always I, I would just think what's the fucking point of making a band that sounds like another band? Because they <laughs> they've already done it. So yeah. this this is a complete exception to, to my rule because because we just wanted to, to just do it just for the sake of it and just to just to have fun with it. And we we just um the concept was that like we're not gonna we're not gonna spend any more time than we need to writing the songs or recording the songs. There was complete economy and thrift in <laughs> yeah. in, in, in putting it all together. So you know,
0: right? The, no filler, all killer.
2: Now part of, remember, part yeah, of the, the title. Actual, is, the actual uh, the actual catalyst for for doing it. Sorry. was um I was organizing a gig in Leeds just around the corner from where the Brudenell is and. We needed a third band for the build. So the solution was to make a band. And that, 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 you know, that was Solanke, basically. So we had two weeks to write a set. So we wrote a set in two weeks and then played a gig. So that was like the, the attitude from, from the start.
0: Understood. Now that title, is it completely like the Minutemen one? It's, you got the address yeah. <laughs> where you lived and then the Solanke yeah. guy is your landlord?
2: Yeah, that's right, yeah.
0: Thank you. <laughs> now, l- let me give you some insight to the Minuteman one. We made that record for $50. One, one side was live to two track. And that's all only, you know, you didn't have to mix it, right? That's where the 50 bucks went. The other side, we traded a so- Well, Ethan James said, you give me a song from Radio Tokyo Tape Comp, and I'll do one of yours. And he didn't know about us. So we put three of them together and told them it was one (laughs) (laughs) because they were little. (laughs) Look right at the end of the first side. November 27, 2020, Dishwater, Pedro Show, uh, special guest, Neil Turpin. Hold tight for hour two. Yeah. I mean, no. we we just we, we just wanted
2: to do something in the spirit, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It wasn't like
2: okay, you be Georgie and you be D. Yeah, yeah. You know? I mean, we, we wanted like we, we wanted to just use that energy and keep the song short and keep it really direct and keep keep yeah. that keep yeah. that energy level and that kind of those kind of tempos and and also you know that kind of like those kind of funk, I suppose you could call it influences. Sure,
0: sure. But but, but the style. Yeah, but, but we did we
2: didn't we didn't want to like. We we also made it completely obvious that it was, you know, where the influence was coming from with the title and and some of the the song titles and also the titles, you know, just,
0: but the spiel is nothing like ours.
2: That's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean,
0: it's it's totally you guys. You, you you you. Look, I gotta tell people it's November 27, 2020. twenty <laughs> twenty. Second hour of the walk for Pedro's show.
1: like cardboard and the vocals don't cut through in the dark windowless squalor of the practice room broken strings yeah, the tape. Here and here And here and here In this filthy room a ringing ears In this filthy room With ringing ears Another filthy room Ringing. Another hundred times till you can play when you've been drinking another band set list on the floor Begin to question what you're doing there Does it mean this DIY scene? Another band set list on the floor. Begin to question what you're doing this for.
7: Friend, you need to understand.
1: Yeah
0: For Pedro show. Start off the second hour. Practice room from Neil Turpin. I just congratulate him on his fucking righteous choice of semantics there and not saying rehearse. <laughs> <laughs> then we had Sam Bennett, from Tokyo, Adele, real bad hand. Waku Waku Kingdom, the Shige in Berlin, with Doggy Bag uh, live, right? Troop a Troop out of Gdansk, anyhow. Mint Deuce for Caccia, but they're not from Italy. Maybe Australia. Uh, free Moral. Le- Agents, uh, Treadier, something live. Ike was in this band, uh, Brother uh, Long Beach, Strong Beach, across the harbor here, and died on a beach in Mexico, like in his mid 30s. His heart went beautiful, man, beautiful musician. Uh, Finally, The Wheel, Neil Turpin. So, now when we, uh, I last shared a stage with you, it was with Bilge Pump. So, when does Bilge Pump get going? I've played, by yeah. the way, I got no more builds pumped to play because I've played every fucking tune that I found from you guys. <laughs> Unless you got every, some like, practice everything. shit or something. Yeah, because well, I love it, man. I love it.
2: <laughs> um, that's impressive. And, and, you know, I'm very grateful that you've, that you've dug so deep um, into the back catalog. I mean, obviously, obviously, this pandemic has slowed us in our tracks. So, I mean, we've not we've not done anything new. Since oh yeah, yeah, album. nothing
0: new. But but let's go back because I don't really know the history except that it has drummer from Salongi.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, Village um, Pump, Bilge Pump, Bilge Pump existed in, from the early '90s. So they they predate. Or, yeah, they, 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 I think they predate Solanke slightly. Okay. Because, because Joe and Emlyn had been in Leeds for, like, four, four or so years before I got there. So they were already, you know, making, making gigs happen and, and making, like, a kind of underground noise rock scene happen. And, and Bilge, Pump, Bilge Pump came out of all that, and they, uh, they initially had a drum machine, um so they were a band that I'd go and see. And, you know, that's how I became aware of them. Um, but Joe, Joe ended up moving into a house that I lived in. And that, that's kind of it, it just as simple as that, really. You know, I was just like, you know, come on, you, you, you're struggling with this drum machine. You know, you can't really <laughs> hear it when you're... You're going out of time with it because you can't hear it through the shit PA's that you're playing through, you know, which was just, just, just typical of, of like the, you know, just, just every gig ever, really. But um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I just kind of gravitated into the band, really, and, um, and then, and then it sort of started was, taking. Let me tell taking, the listeners:
0: taking, Joe is the guitar man, and he also makes amps, right?
2: He does, yeah. Very loud ones. <laughs>
0: And then uh, uh, the bass Emeline. man ever. Emlyn. Emlyn, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gaelic name, huh? Watts got a lot to learn. He's great, man. I, I You know, I'm, of course, I have to tell you, I always watched the uh, bass first. But but then the drummer, especially the kick drum, because that's kind of our closest. It looks like a guitar, but our closest note is actually the fucking kick drum. So what was the first Bilge Pup gig like?
2: Um, I can remember the first one that I went to see, and and I and I loved it because it was it was, you know, it was it was just raucous. Oh, was, they were it,
0: doing the band with the drum machine without you. Okay, I understand now.
2: Yeah, and um, yeah, I just loved it because there was this like, you know, the intention was was a sort of like um industrial sounding thing, you know, like probably they were going for like big black or something like that. Um. But, but you know, there was this constant struggle to stay in time with the drum machine, this unrelenting, <laughs> pounding rhythm. <laughs> and I just remember this like amazing kind of unintended drama, be- be- especially between Joe and the drum machine. So
3: <laughs>
2: I-, I just I just love that. Um, but the band also just had, you know, just tons, tons of character as well. And th- it was a real underdog band for a long time in that lead scene as well.
0: Oh, that's uh, great. That's great. And what about the first gig when you played with them?
2: Uh, my first ever gig with them? God, I don't know. Um, Remember, it's it a lot been... for
0: Pedro show. There's no hard questions and there's no wrong answers.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll, yeah, I mean, it might be an amalgamation of a few different ones. But I mean, uh, I mean, at the time, at the time I, I was playing in like probably six or seven bands. Uh, <laughs> So it's really hard to just remember the first ever one. Joe, Joe's joe got a much better memory for, for me than this. So um, I, 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 I wish you know, he was here to help me out. I got to tell it, you, it
0: tripped me out when I heard your name because, wow, Leeds, not too close to the ocean, but maybe some canal boats, Why they call them? Long boats?
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Where yeah. the fuck but, is the
0: bilge but... pump?
2: <laughs> well, you know, the, I... I the band was already called Bilge Pump when I joined, so um, I can't really answer for that. I, no, but it's it, a good know, name.
0: It's a good name. It's a good name. I, but it's I kind of a garbage uh, name. You know, you don't want to be in the bilge, right? I don't know if you ever saw the sand pebbles, but only the coolies go below the bilge plates, right? And, and Steve McQueen's like, uh-uh. It's my engine. <laughs> I'm getting under there. Yeah, it's a lot of drama on it. Look, I want to play, uh, how do you pronounce this? Off-Z? um
2: Offsyl.
0: Oh, that's an L. Okay, Abjil. You're missing a vowel there. <laughs> Here we go. Not for Peter show, yeah. Avzal, Neil Turpin, which is like a fucked up way of spelling oval, but wrong. Yeah. Then Lydia Kavina with her ver- version of Fantasia on the, uh, what's that thing called? Thurman, she was one of the protégés of the cat who invented it. His story is trip, Gulag, all that shit. Spies, spy devices. Uh, Giles Corey, grave filled with books. See, that's what happens with all that knowledge here, Neil. And then finally, low, lows Neil Turpin, so tell me about this Neil Turpin record
2: um, you're asking me uh okay uh, <laughs> it was it just it's just something that came up in lockdown, basically, you know, I was just had nothing to do, like no more billish pump gigs, no, no no gigs, no music, everything just sort of stopped in its tracks, so um. With with the 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 assistance of, of a very good friend, Michael Ward, he just basically gave me little tutorials on how to get into home recording, and then I went from figuring out how to you know press select a track and press record and took it from there.
0: Well, and, well, not just there though, Neil, because there's more than drums you're playing there. You know how to do all it, this other shit.
2: Yeah, I mean, to 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 a degree, I mean. To, to a degree, I picked up other instruments and, you know, make a sound with them. But, like, I just kind of, yeah, I tried to push it push it through and kind of, at the start of lockdown, I, you know, I would got a few songs and I just thought, well, I just thought, fuck it, I'll try and make an album. I'll make that my goal for the end of lockdown, you know, it's like, I'll make an album. And then I just got really, really into it and, you know, completely focused and pretty much spent hours every day just... Just either writing or recording or mixing and editing and like lear- learning how to just you know getting my head around like how to how to do it all on a laptop and um, you know just learning what effects do and how to mix and all the rest. So I mean, it was the whole bag, all all in one, and it kept me very busy for you know for months and months.
0: Well, you know they say over here sometimes that no one is in the doing.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. That's the only way I learn is by just doing for sure. Well,
0: you talked about some history with skateboarding. I don't think you're fucking popping hollies on the first ride.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: And what happens if you fall down? Do you talk your way out of it? No. You get back up, right?
2: Yeah, you just, yeah, exactly. What was you that? Just, there was know. that
0: Leeds band. Uh, I did some gigs with Dose. Chumbawamba.
2: Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah. You
0: get knocked down, you get up, Knocked down, something like shit. Tub
2: I, yeah, I played drums. um I filled in for um Dunstan is who was the singer in chumbawamba he, he did a he did a new band called Interbang, and um I played drums for them a few times um, a couple oh, of years wow. ago.
0: Small world, I know Maves yeah. a little bit oh yeah, oh, we're at the end of the second hour. Uh, November 27, 2020, the Dishwap Pedro Show. Special guest, Neil Turpin. Hold tight for hour three. November 27, 2020, it's the third hour of the Watt for Pedro Show.
4: Trayvon Martin, not the other way around. He
3: said his man was watching him, so he put
4: his hoodie on. One of the witnesses said, I heard the boy shout out for help, right? He didn't stand his ground, he ran towards the guy. Look, think about that, right? And then, of course, we know that he follows him and then eventually shoots. Him. So, what did he think he was going to do? He, the, uh, Trayvon was going to kill him with his bag of Skittles? Yeah,
0: punch him to death?
4: One thing that is not possible is that they have done a fair and impartial job of investigating this murder. That is not what has happened at all. It is an indefensible case here. This is clown ass justice. I mean, it's not justice at all, in fact.
8: It's incredible that this guy is not behind bars right now. It's amazing, he's not in custody. He's out there, he's free. This is clown
4: ass justice. I mean, it's not justice at all, in fact.
0: for Pedro Schill talking about reading books uh, Dick Lloyd's uh, Everything is Combustible incredible recommend Mike Barnes' book on Captain Beefheart John Swed's book on uh, Sun Ross space uh, music people reading books about music I think is a good thing uh, when I went in that studio to do that John Coltrane Meditations Love Supreme. I brought it, the reference right 175 books I've never spent that much money on a book before. present to myself all his gigs, all his uh, record. Started the third hour, hour off with Humbled We Become, Neil Turpin. Tragic comedy with scientific proof. Bronze Age UFO, Fat Noise Waller. Fats noise, well, yeah. Noise in between the name Fats Waller, of course. Idiot. Slow learner, what? Jerome Parker Wells St. Louis, Skittles and Tea. That's for you, Neil. Skittles is a weird candy. I think Don Trump <laughs> threw a couple at Ms. Merkel. Said, "Don't say I never gave you anything or some bullshit." <laughs> she jumped right up at the table. Uh, this a couple years ago. him uh, with cells uh, and situations, and finally dancing. Neil Turpin, yeah, dancing a dance song from Neil Turpin. So you said you had a lot of these songs, or you had some songs before you went into this project.
2: Yeah, I had, I'd written two songs. I'd written uh, dancing. And New York City Marathon, um, January and February this year. Um, so I went into it with two songs. So I did have the intention of like recording, um, you know, before all this crazy shit happened. But, but, it, but, but when that did happen, that really brought it into focus and, and sort of got, got the wheels turning a lot, a lot faster.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know, I think we get used to gigs and we think that's the only way to do music. There was a great singer, man, Harry Nilsson. I don't, He was sk- stage fright, right? I don't think he did one fucking kick.
2: Wow, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, well, that's why you're on the show. <laughs> Getting like, like a <laughs> factoid. <laughs> <laughs> no, so when you write songs, do you ever write on the drums?
2: Um, with this with this thing I've been doing, um, the solo project, no, but. In in other bands that I've been in, yes, you know, things can start from the drums and have done, like, Bilge Pump songs start... Some Bilge Pump songs have started that way. And, like, another band I used to play in Quack Quack was was often, you know, things started, like, rhythm up. You don't Um, know
0: how glad I am to hear that, man. You know, Chico Hamilton tried to get songwriting credit in the 60s. Oh, drummers can't write songs. Bullshit, I see.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just one of those you know it's one of those music industry tropes isn't it that you don't get credit you know you can't copyright a drum beat
0: biggest mistake Minutemen ever did yeah you can't copyright a title now i understand that but the drum beat i know you should hear uh mr sales talk about ig <laughs> right the lust for life <laughs> god damn it that's me you know? a- anyway uh you know, where did this idea that drummers are retarded? You know, the biggest mistake <laughs> man, man made was putting Georgie in the back. You know, the last 20 years, I've had all my drummers downstage, right at the lip. Yeah. Because why being denial? It's fucking rhythm music. And, you know, and we're all doing like little drum, little rhythm riffs anyway, you know? Drummers just obvious about it.
2: I agree. I mean, I, I don't know when the drummer got stuck at the back of the stage, but it's... You know, it's pro- probably just like some kind of functional reason, sound reason, you know. But but yeah, I mean, if there's an exciting drummer in the band, you want to see them play.
0: There was band leader. Gene Krupa was a band leader. Yeah. Okay. You know, Louis Belson, you know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it, I think it was some weirdos in uh, arena rock. That whole weird, you know. Deformed. (laughs) It's hard to even call that shit rock and roll. It's fucking a Nuremberg rally. Uh, I I want to play what you just mentioned New New York City Marathon.
2: I think I knew even with this solo project, if if nothing else, I would be able to like I would be able to make it sound like passable because I knew the drums weren't going to suck.
0: Right. You know, if you can play drums, I think going on to the other instruments is just learning fingering and sh- cause it's rhythm, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. And that that w- that was a, a massive focus of recording was um, making everything groove, making sure I just hit the beat in the right spot whether it was acoustic guitar or bass or electric guitar or whatever it was, it it had to land in the right place. And I have, you know, my ear was really tuned for that.
0: Yeah, that's one of the danger. I mean, there's a lot of good things about being able to record on your own in your own pad and shit. But one of the big dangers is sounding cut and paste.
2: Yeah. Ooh, I hate yeah. that.
0: Man, you hear that in the, the these big fancy records uh, that are coming out. It don't even have to be a home thing, but... You're so right about everything coming together, and especially with the groove. Uh, I gotta tell the people we played New York City Marathon. Yeah, what? what <laughs> what's a Preston guy like that? Uh, were you impressed? Did you go to New York City?
2: <laughs> I have been, but um, I haven't run a marathon there. <laughs> I was reading. I was reading a book um, by Haruki Murakami. Um, ah, well, great, great writer. Um, what we talk about when we talk about running. And right. Cause he likes to run. Yeah, that's it. So I was really enjoying that book and it was, it was just around the time that I was starting to write, um, for this album. So the, you know, New York city marathon just fit. It just fit. So it just fit with the chords that I had. And, and then it went from there really,
0: you know, he's into music. He, he ran a, a jazz club in Tokyo before he's gotten to writing big time. Uh, I, After uh, New York City Marathon, we had uh, IMMR with Good Luck Spider Milk out of Chicago, I think. Music with my insane friend, Give or Take a Second. Ben Watson hit me to that. He's, uh, I've been invited to be part of this improvised kind of thing called the X A M M A S. Yeah, A M M was a big uh, band influence on Sid Barrett. 67 or something. so I think it's an extension, but what's your, and then finally, uh, there's a drum solo. <laughs> I found a drum solo in two parts from you. So I glued them both together, but so all of a sudden the shaker appears magically in your hand, but I just want people here to you, you be man alone on the drums. But what's your, what's your take on improvised music, Neil?
2: Um, I like it.
0: <laughs> yeah. But why I mean, is there more, uh, Neil, uh, Turpin uh, improvised, uh, Recordings.
2: The, the first track on the album is in improvisation.
0: Oh, okay. Um,
2: okay. I mean, everything else
0: wrong again, was, what?
2: <laughs> everything, everything else is, you know, basically it's kind of straight song, but that the first thing was, yeah, I mean, it's based, based around, um, some drones, um, in the background and then like a kind of improvised bass part. And then I, you know, I just, threw the drums down and um, and then just kind of figured out a bit of a bit of a pattern for the guitar but that is kind of more or less improvised but I mean as a drummer I love it I mean as a drummer I I, you know that's kind of where it's at in a lot of ways that's that's where you sort of really come into focus and kind of you know listen and 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 communicate Um, but I mean Improvised music in general, I guess it's just like any other music, you know, it's just it's either good or it's not. So, I mean, some people do it great and, and other times it just, you know, you don't have time for it. But right. yeah, I mean, as, as a as a as a way to communicate with other musicians. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 right up there.
0: And, and your take on somebody like Clyde Stowell for oh, you. I love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because I've had some people I don't need to do that. Well it might help <laughs> just a little practice <laughs> yeah he's
2: obviously he's obviously up there he's a legend he's like a, a landmark you know
0: yeah and you know it's, he worked uh, for uh, Mr Brown and he was a drummer man himself that three trap kits on stage and and not 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 polyrhythm right they're playing that you better be fucking sock tight <laughs> yeah or it's gonna flam yeah. like a motherfucker right where can, can people find you on the internet?
2: um band, band camp is um yeah just neil turpin um band Bandcamp neil turpin
0: yeah we gotta spell that people n-e-i-l-t-u-r-p-i-n dot bandcamp.com go there check it out you got something in the works right now
2: yeah i'm i'm just continuing to to write and record at home so
0: great
2: um planning to just have another album next year
0: and look you've been you know since the uh Constipate no. Inviolator. In Days you got a lot of experience right. Influ- yeah. Infiltrator, yeah Infiltrator, I, that's I put it. a constipator. That's the one. <laughs> Invalidator. But, <laughs> no, fucked up. Anyway, what kind of advice do you could you tell somebody young getting into this racket? Um I think
2: I think like don't expect to be rich or famous, but um but expect expect it to just enrich your life in ways which you could just you know never imagine you, you, you' just meet you just meet interesting people and have interesting experiences and you know potentially see the world in a way which you wouldn't and you, you know you get, and you hopefully get some deep satisfaction out of being creative.
0: That's beautiful. I love it man. And when you get done with this next batch of tunes, will you come back on the show and we could talk about
2: it? I would love to, yeah. Okay,
0: okay, man. Uh, Yeah, combate, right? Go for it. People, it's been the November 27, 2020 edition Pedro Show. Keep your powder dry.